0: The most insightful and thought-provoking show on, show on radio. Real, unrehearsed, and impactful interviews that encourage critical thinking for finding
1: solutions for life's experiences. Life's experiences. Our goal is to help others be more, do more and, more, and have more. This is the Abundant Solutions Hour with your host, Gregory Turner. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We are excited to have you with us. We have a wonderful show tonight, and I have a good friend of mine as uh, our special guest, Mr. Charles Gatlin. And the reason I asked Charles to come on the show, I said, Charles, you know, we need, it, we need to do a show from our perspective on the media uh, and the current events and the things that are going on around the world. Um, and I'm not saying that we're not represented, but I'm just saying that we're not represented well. We don't have enough uh, African-Americans in the media on the television shows and on the news uh, shows You know, every morning you turn on the television It's not us You may see us on every now and then But we're not on there uh, Given our perspective So tonight, uh, I wanted to bring Charles in And Charles is the type of person Whether you want to hear it or not He's going to tell you the truth You may not like it, but he's going to give it to you And he's going to give it to you Sometimes it's raw, but people respect him for doing that uh, Charles, are you there?
0: Yes, sir. I'm here,
1: Mr. Turner. How are you? I'm doing fine, Charles. I'm doing fine. Hey, you know, I want to jump right in uh, tonight um, about the media, and I want to get your perspective, like we said. I want to get your perspective on how you think the media is handling things around the world right now when it's, when it's impacting us. Uh, well, right now, uh,
0: the media is is biased in some ways against a black people. Um because we don't get a fair shake of the reporting. The only thing you see in the media for is black people, eighty percent of it is negative. Uh it's rare you see positive things. Uh when you do it's not totally um the whole story. And you know that's the biggest problem I have with the media because there's more positive things going on in the black community than
1: Uh, What's being reported You're you're absolutely right Charles And and one thing I know about you uh, You're not the type of person To complain about what's going on in the world You're actually getting out there And you're doing things to help people I noticed I've seen on your site before Where uh, someone's house burnt down And you were were asking people to Donate and uh, help the families out Uh, and, And it's so important to do that Rather than just sitting out there And saying something and Without Complaining uh, When you get out there and do something positive Now our voices Our voices How important is it for us As uh, black people To voice our opinions Without being afraid of Retaliation or losing your job Or someone looking down on you Because you are speaking your mind And it's from your perspective It may be the same But it's just coming from Someone that looked like you and I
0: well, it's just very important to speak your mind always. Uh sometimes there are repercussions uh from the job, from the from society. Uh people don't want to be painted in a bad light. Um sometimes people are afraid of of their bosses. You know, um I can't say this. I can't do this. And it, it's a shame, but it goes on and People have to consider that because our job is our livelihood. It's not like you can lose a job today and get one tomorrow like it was 30, 40 years ago. So you really have to be yeah. careful what you say, and it's a shame that you have to honor uh, to what you say, and you, you really can't be yourself because of how others take what you say, and some people take take what you say out of context, and they'll run with it.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, one thing I, I will say this you know people say that freedom of speech well that sounds good but there is a price behind it there is a price and if you're you're speaking your mind and and the ones that uh, don't like what you're saying they can hold it against you and try to hold you down but i think we can learn from children you know the children are rising up in this country like we've never seen before and I have to really uh, applaud the kids down at Parkland High School. Um, Charles, I know you've been following this story. You and I, we've talked about this several times. Um, what right. do you think about the media and how they're treating children down
0: there? Well, the, the media is doing what the media do, anything to get exposed. Uh, the problem I see with that is what people don't realize is Parkland High, high School, Um, is 11% black, but they're not Hmm. represented in the media that way. I mean, just looking at TV, you would think no black kids go to that school. But, I mean, the the school is 11% black, and it's 40% uh, non-white. But they are not up front in the media. And um, what I see is you have two white kids who are saying that they can speak for the black kids well, why can't these black kids speak for themselves?
1: Hmm. That's so true. And now we've seen on the march in Washington DC. Now we started seeing we're seeing more of the of our of our people, the kids that that are out there and they're speaking. And when I say our kids, I mean all kids, but I'm talking about the ones that, 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 that we share the same color. And 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 it's so wonderful to see them they're fighting for their, for their voices to be heard. And I don't know if you saw and followed what was going on in Washington, D.C. The, when they stood up and they spoke, they spoke with power. And I, and I was so proud, and I'm still proud of what they're doing right now. And, and I know people are saying, well, you know, these kids, they don't have a job. They don't have anything to worry about. Yes, they do. They're still being torn down in the media. They're still being attacked um, at school, with with these emails and these hate mails that they're, they're coming in, just for speaking their mind. Now, Charles, I know you have a son uh, and, and, and a daughter. If they're speaking their mind, what would you do? Would you support them, or would you say, you know what, you you might not want to say certain things. You might want to just lay low with that because of retaliation. What would you tell your kids?
0: No, speak your mind. You have to say what you're going to say. Age is not a factor when it comes to speaking out for something that you believe in. Um, I I don't believe in holding anybody back because the kids today are the future of tomorrow. And just like we have lawmakers in Washington right now um, with their racist agenda, um, these kids who are growing up today are going to be the kids in Washington. And if something's not done, that racist agenda that now is going to continue 20, 30 years from now.
1: And, Charles, you're not the only one saying that. The kids that we've seen from Parkland, we've seen kids from all over the world, they're saying that. Now, for you as a black man to say of the racist agenda and these things, people, you know, I, I can just hear him now, oh, he's just a racist. He's saying this stuff. No, he's speaking truth, and a lot of it is what it is. And since you brought up the fact about the lawmakers, what about these these gun laws in, in, in all over the all over the country and especially in our great state of Florida? Um, it's just it's, it's amazing how how they fight one thing and then they pass something else. I don't know if you saw how quickly the laws they put a law into effect that when an animal was on a plane and died, they put it in a compartment up in the thing. I don't agree with the way that they treated the animal. But it seems like animals are treated and given more, <laughs> more. They they, they just treated better than sometimes how they treat some of us as African Americans. What what do you agree with that statement?
0: I I agree totally with that. Uh, animals do get much more respect than uh, than black people. And you can look at the um, the police shootings, for instance, um, how much more respect an animal would get over over a human. Uh, and speaking of you saying about these these gun laws uh, in Washington, that's just the power of the NRA. Uh, the NRA is, is 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 an organization that they push for these these gun laws to protect them, and they always crying about the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment wasn't written for guns today. The Second Ooh. Amendment was written for guns 250 years ago. That was for a musket. It wasn't for an AR-15 or an AK-47. So, I mean, and nothing's going to change until they realize that, but you got these gun lovers and you have these people who support the NRA, and the NRA is pouring this money into campaigns more, more so than into the pockets of the, these politicians. You know, the majority of their money go into running, running campaigns, running ads, that support these gun laws. So until um these these things change about where this money is going, the NRA is going to run Washington.
1: You know, I, and and I agree with you. And I want everyone to know too that Charles, you you were in the military. You're a vet. You're a veteran. Right. And you dealt with the the guns that you guys had in the military. Why would anyone want with a AR-15, what? I, I, I'm trying to understand that. You, you can't hunt with it. Why would anyone need a gun like that?
0: An AR-15, AK-47, M-16, those weapons were made for mass annihilation of humans. Humans only. They were made for war. They were not made for civilian life. And people who want to own these guns and and shoot them and talking about how much um, it's recreational. What's recreational about shooting a, a forty fifty round clip from an automatic or semi automatic uh, a weapon? They are designed to kill a human. You you if you shoot a deer with AK forty seven, you can't bring it home and eat it because mm-hmm. it, it's it's torn apart. So it's it's no place in society. For these weapons, I mean, if you want to own these weapons, go into the military while you're young, play with them, learn about them, and then when you get old, you respect them, and you know that's nothing that you want to keep in your house. It don't take all that power to protect your house. 250 years ago, they used a musket that shoots one time every two and a half minutes. Now you need an AK-47 that shoots 120 rounds, you know, at 15 seconds. It's, It's it's unnecessary. But it's all about the ego
1: Now the children in Parkland They're talking about these weapons And they don't want these weapons uh, In the country at all They don't want them They want those banned And now we're hearing from some of the lawmakers That they've even Passed laws right now That certain states can arm School teachers Now I don't know about you But I don't want a school teacher Having to worry about what she's going to do or what he's going to do with that weapon in a classroom with a young kid, and they have to pull that gun and charles i want I want our listeners to really think about this if a school teacher don't have the funds for books and computers, where is this money going to come from that's going to pay for a five hundred dollar pistol? and the training and certification that comes along with it, where is that money going to come from? Where where do you think that's going to come from? They're going
0: to do like they've been doing. They're going to rob the Social Security Fund and swear it's going broke. That's where the money will come from. But but arming teachers is the worst mistake that will be made in history. First of all, these are teachers who are there to teach. Their protection of the students is to make them safe when something do start. When they do hear a commotion, because that's all it takes now, it don't even take a shooting a commotion, they are to keep these kids safe. These teachers are not trained to go out and face um somebody coming in with a with a weapon. Even the police we have, sho- have they have shown police don't even run into the building. they just sit outside and wait. so what makes you think a teacher is gonna leave the safety of a classroom, engage? Someone who has more firepower than they have and expect positive results. It's not going to happen.
1: Now, you, you have the law on their side if a school teacher, they have a gun in the classroom, and let's say, God forbid, a student uh, pulls a knife out or pulls a weapon out and pointed it at a teacher, and this teacher uh, pulls his or her weapon and discharges that weapon and hit another kid. In those classrooms, everybody's moving. These kids are moving around. I don't care if it's high school. I don't care if it's middle school or elementary school. These kids, they they move around. And it's just, I I understand they want to protect the schools, but this is not the way to protect the school because there's so many different scenarios that can happen. and that
0: Right. A lack of training we get. uh, uh, I'm sorry, Greg, but a lack of training we get these students hurt. We get teachers hurt. Number one, you got a black male teacher in a school. Um, this teacher here's a commotion. He goes out in the hallway to um, to try to subdue the gunman and the police. It is black teacher who dies. Mm. That teacher is that that teacher is dead. Black male so what you- with a gun in a school. We're looking for a shooter. He fits the description. Mm. Then again, confrontations in the classroom with students who are a lot larger than the teacher. the teacher's afraid for their lives, they're gonna take out the gun shoot the shoot at that student, miss that student, and hit another innocent student
1: hmm. that what
0: that that's another in the school,
1: yeah, another scenario is, and I want to throw these scenarios out there because i want I want Everybody you really think about is so many it's a thousand things that can go wrong. If, if if a school teacher shoot and kills a kid that had a weapon in the classroom and that thing didn't have any bullets in it. Now what do you think the parents are going to do? Everybody's gonna be so happy. Now right. that teacher the teacher has a law on its side that, that they can if they feel any kind of threat or whatever They can use that that firearm. And you have lawsuits. Well, where does that place the school? Because school teachers have insurance to work as school teachers. Who's going to pay for that?
0: Who's going to be responsible? Another thing is if if you put weapons in schools, school liability insurance is going to go up so high that the districts won't be able to afford insurance. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna sacrifice the insurance because of you feel like a teacher needs a gun? Mm. And and the thing is is if you can afford to give a teacher a five hundred dollar gun, uh train them, update their training every year, but you don't have money to buy them uh supplies for the classroom. Or they gotta clean up their mm. own classroom because you can't afford, afford a janitor for the school. But I got $40 million to put weapons in this school, weapons that a student could possibly take from a teacher and use it against them.
1: I thought about that one as well. And what about that's the trauma?
0: This- what about the
1: trauma if something like that happens and that teacher uses that gun in the classroom? The trauma of those kids and and... and, and What's the age limit? I haven't heard that. Teachers in what grade will teachers in the first grade carry
0: weapons you take a You what? take a teacher who's who's sixty, sixty five years old who's just teaching because she loves the job. you're going to arm her, you're going to give her a gun? you think she's going to use it? She's not even going to want to touch it.
1: when you and you and Charles, that's that's so important that you said that because a lot of teachers teach because it's what they love doing. And if they're not gun lovers, if they're not comfortable with the gun, are you forcing them out of the job because you're saying, well, no, you have to be armed, or are they giving them a choice, or are they worried about the teacher in the next class with a weapon <laughs> uh, walking down the hallway? Something happens, a fight breaks out, and that teacher tries to, you know, stop the fight or whatever, and everybody's flying everywhere. Who's to say that that somebody don't grab that gun?
0: Right. You have one teacher in a confrontation, one gunshot go off, 30 teachers hear that gunshot, 30 teachers grab their weapons, run in the hallway, now what you got on your hands? You got mass casualties from the inside.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I just applaud these kids for standing up. And and saying what they're saying And it seems like some of the lawmakers Not all of them It seems like the ones that don't get it It's just sad that they attack the children Because they get it They understand it And they're asking some tough questions To a lot of the politicians They're asking them tough questions Why do you accept money From someone that don't care about us Why are you Accepting money and you're coming to talk to us But you're talking out the side of your neck You're trying to do both You're saying you don't want the gun laws this way You want to raise the age limit On kids with, you know, buying guns or whatever That's that's, that's a good idea But why don't you go a little bit further And just hire more Vets from the military or somebody else that that, that that you do psychological Testing on that you know Are good I would rather do that somebody's trained For that than have a teacher That you pull out of the classroom For four to six weeks or however long You're going to train them and think that That person is going to adapt to that I think We're going to lose a lot of teachers and I think What we'll have is a whole new <laughs> A whole new different Breed of teachers in the whole I mean, whole another way.
0: It, but if you're going to arm a teacher and make that a part of their their, their job, so is there um, any pay in there for that incentive? Pay for for you being armed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it should be. You know, well, first of all, I don't think guns should be in there. But if you're going, if you expect a teacher to do a second job, you got to expect to pay them. And you don't want to pay them, pay them now what they are trained to do. So you're going to give them more training and not going to pay them for it and make their job more of a liability? And like I say, insurance companies won't touch these school districts at all, and you can't blame them.
1: And so it's not just the teachers that will be armed. It's the armed school employees. So you're talking about yeah, janitors.
0: Like it's Miss Betty in the lunchroom. Yeah, she she has a. I guess she has an AK-47, and she's going to use it on anybody coming to lunchroom. Or she's going to leave her, her post in the cafeteria um, when the alert goes out. There's a shooter, and everybody is going to run to the area that the shooter was last in. And Another, without training, I'm sure, the, the word will go out. There's a shooter, and the gung-ho teachers will run out. Everybody got guns there will be a mistake.
1: Now, Charles, you have to also wonder and worry about arming coaches. Some coaches are so emotional and they get into what they're doing. I I just don't see that working. I just don't see that as a – that's not a good idea. I just don't see that. I see that uh, children are already suffering enough in school. You have a lot of teachers that are taking advantage of children, molesting children. What do you think will happen if you have someone that's uh, preying on these children with a weapon?
0: And the threat what is you... there all the time. But see, the, the thing is is with, with coaches or, or anybody else who's not in the profession of taking lives, handling a gun, when you handle a gun, if you pull a gun, you got to shoot somebody. If you shoot them, you got to kill them because if not, they're coming back to get you. The thing is, if you're a teacher and you have to use a gun and you shoot somebody, are you willing to get up out of your bed the next morning to come to work like nothing ever happened? That's the question. Can you do that psychologically? Can, can you take somebody's life and continue your life as though nothing, nothing ever happened? And I don't think that will happen in any school system. Nowhere Because that's not school? where they're there They're there for yeah, the love of the kids And to educate those kids
1: Now if, if if a child Is In a classroom With a teacher That killed a kid How do you What parent would sit still And be okay with that What What kid Could sit there and look at a teacher That killed a kid or kill someone What school would hire them Now they have the law on their side You, it, it, I mean you have to really Look at this thing if you're saying That they, they can have a gun They kill a kid Or a student And let's say it's justified What school Can this teacher go to and teach Without everybody being up in arms Now is that fair right, To the teacher
0: to that's going to follow that teacher everywhere that teacher goes. That teacher's career is over.
1: But he was doing what the law said he could do. The law says that he could do this. You gave him the weapon. You made sure he had the training. And he may have done everything right. But exactly. the perception but of a... Yeah, go ahead.
0: Mentality. Mentality of doing something that you don't normally do that you did in a split second take somebody's life. That's a lot of counseling for the teacher, yeah. for the students, but even more for the teacher because the kids witnessed it. The teacher actually took somebody's life. That's a tough road to come back from. Even for police officers, they never lived on that nightmare. And what makes you think a teacher's going to do it? It's it's
1: it's tough. I I I don't um, I I just don't understand it. I I don't understand why. We say protection, we say for safety, but we won't put the metal detectors up in certain schools because it stereotypes the school as saying that's a troubled school. It doesn't look good, so we're we're not going to do that. Uh, they went gone to the uh, clear bags. If these children want to get a gun in that school, they're going to get it in there, especially when you have a teacher with a gun. And Lord knows uh, you have teacher-parent conferences. Will they remove the gun and lock it somewhere? Because sometimes those uh, conferences can get heated. And what are you you going to do?
0: But, Greg, it, it all starts at home. That's where it starts. It starts at home before you get to school. Back when I was in school, you walk through the parking lot, you see pickup trucks with rifles in the window, gun racks.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: Everybody had a pocket knife, you know, and there were no shootings. There were no stabbings. There were no cuttings because they were, they came from wholesome families and they were taught discipline at home. They were not taught to live on the edge. You know, speak yeah. your mind and don't let somebody do something. It takes a bigger man to walk away from a fight than the one to shoot. Yeah. And but that's not it being taught anymore. It's, it's it's all about protection. But like I said, it starts at home. Teach these kids as they come up, not when they get up. You got to teach them as they come up. And yeah. then their mentality won't be, I need to go into a school and bully somebody. You know, you push somebody long enough, yeah, they're gonna come back. But a bullet, if you bullied, you're looking for the person who bullied you. You're not just trying to take it out on the whole school, but you got access to these weapons. I can take this out on the whole school, and that's exactly what they do. And where these weapons coming from? They're coming from home, from licensed gun owners, irresponsible gun owners who don't lock these weapons up away from these kids. They feel these kids are responsible enough to be in the house with an unsecured weapon. Therefore, it should come back to the parent who left that weapon So you're weapon saying the unsecured. parents should.
1: So you're saying the parents should be charged when something like the this happens. If it's charged,
0: different. if that weapon is unsecured and that kid can go home and get that weapon and bring it back and and shoot up a school, yes, that parent should be charged. It's irresponsible.
1: Now, now we, we're, we're talking about what's going on in the school. We're talking about school shootings. But what about these things that are happening in communities that are not involved with the schools? These things have been going on for a long time. And these things happen every day, and sometimes it doesn't make the news. It's making the oh, news yeah. now. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, it's, it's making the news now, but how long is it going to make the news? It, it's dying down already, and when, the, the, when, when it dies down, it goes away, and that's what they do. They smooth it out long enough, and it goes away until the next episode happens. The next episode happens, then it comes back, and then they'll talk about, well, what we didn't do the first time, you got to take care of it now, and you don't worry about oh. the next time. They're not prepared. All they want to do is smooth things over. That's all, Especially when it comes to weapons
1: Now does that That, uh, Does that bring us back to Does that bring us back to how uh, Things are portrayed in the media Uh, Sometimes the media Can talk about a change And put a smoke screen and they'll go to another Issue and blow that issue up And spend a lot of time on that When you have an issue With these children And you have an issue with Gun violence all over the country and it's just amazing how that can be downplayed, and other things are talked about that makes absolutely no sense. Now, if, if you really look at it, let's let's look at it from this standpoint. There's money being made with death. I'll say that. Exactly. It it <laughs> it, it, it sounds it sounds horrible. It sounds terrible. But money is being made behind this. When you have those funeral right. homes filled up, somebody's got to pay that. That insurance company has to <laughs> to, to sh- uh, give that money to those parents. Those parents have to go down there and, and and buy something to bury their loved one in. It's money involved. It's a lot of money being generated in that, and it's, it's just a all sad thing. Balance.
0: It's all ahead, based on again. balance. It's all based on balance. All of it. The funeral homes are making money. The media is the media is making the money because when the story is hot, what they, what can they do? They can sell more advertisements. Yeah. It's all about Charles, the bottom line.
1: Charles, is, I'm getting hit. <laughs> money. Making money.
0: It's I'm all about the bottom bottom
1: dollar. Charles, I'm getting hit from the uh, everybody on Facebook sending me messages, questions, and I can't get to them all. Um, we do have a caller on from the 813 area code. I'm not sure if this person is just listening, if they want to say something, but I'm going to go to them and open the lines. Caller from the 813 area code. Do you have a question? Caller from the 813. I guess he's just listening. He or she's just listening. Now, Charles, let's go back to these children and them having the courage to speak out about something that they feel passionate about. As adults, they're teaching us a lesson. And when it's time to vote, I think a lot of times we're doing it the wrong way. We're looking at the big thing that's going on the president position. Voting starts locally, that's where you make the change. But when we have these local elections, if you look at it, it's amazing how low the numbers are. But when it's something. That needs to be addressed. Our voices again, we're not heard.
0: Right, but we we stifle our own voices by not using that right that we have to vote. Uh, voting in local elections is more important than voting in presidential elections. A uh, reason being because that's what's happening locally is going to affect you every day. Yes, things change. When people don't when you don't go to city commission meetings, you don't go to county commission meetings, but you complain later about uh what they've done. When there was an open floor for you to be there to uh um to, to, to tell them your opinion, that's just like that goes back to PTA meetings, you know. Nobody ever go to a school for a meeting unless it's with the principal. When your kid done did something but you don't you don't want to go there to find out what's going on in the school. You're only there when you have to be, not when you want to be. So I or, mean, in voting or. these these midterm elections, people don't care about midterm elections. You know, all they care about is that every four year, and midterm are more important than that four year.
1: You're absolutely right. We
0: just, and, and- as a people, we don't vote as a people.
1: And sometimes, Charles, I, I, I'll, I'll correct myself on this one. We said that uh, we, sometimes we don't uh, send our voices out there. We do. Sporting events. Oh, we're the loudest ones. We're loud. We're loud. We're fussing. We're arguing with the ref. Oh, we're all into it. The, the place is packed. But when the sporting right. event is over, where are you? How often do you go out to the school? How often do you support these children? And I think, too, Charles, a lot of these people that have children that are smart, that are that are that that are that are not afraid, and some of us are still shackled in our minds to say, "Oh, you can't say that. You can't do that. That's going to harm you." These kids is a different. These kids are totally different. The things that right. we saw and dealt with, these kids today will not accept it. They will not stand for it. I don't care what you tell them. They will not stand for it. And I just love seeing these, these young kids. It doesn't matter what color they are. As long as you have a voice, if it's something that you believe in, I think you should be able to get up and speak your mind. And like I said, right, so you've you're, always...
0: Yeah, go ahead. Your your voice is your character, you know? that that Your voice yeah. is who you are. And if somebody can shackle your voice, you're a shackled person. Mm. You you can't be afraid to say what you want to say because if you don't say what you want to say, as long as, long as it's on your mind, it's not any good. It's got to come out your mouth. And a person mm. will 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 treat you the way that you come over to them. If they say anything to you and you don't say anything back, that's control.
1: Mm. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Uh, I'm a life coach, and I mentor a lot of kids in the Tallahassee area, and I see it so, so so much. And, and I try to talk with these kids and go into court with a lot of them. There's nobody in there. The kids, they're in the courtroom by themselves, because sometimes if it's a single parent, that person has to work. They can't take off. And I understand that uh, a lot of times it, it, it's on the kid. But it's also, too, on the system. It's also on the system. And, and right. there's a lot of mental health issues with a lot of these children, and they need this help. And that's why when it's just amazing how you can have an 18-year-old that's been going through uh, mental counseling, but they're able to buy a weapon. I I, right. I just don't understand that. They can get a weapon. At
0: 18 years old, you shouldn't be able to buy a weapon anyhow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what's the purpose of a handgun at 18 years old? What's the purpose of a rifle at 18 years old? Yeah, you, you go hunting at 18 years old, and I can understand that. But and what what do you need to pack a gun for if you know you don't have a permit? You just, you're asking to go to jail, and all they're looking for is a way to put you in the system. Once they got you in the system, that's a seed. And they're gonna water that seed every time they see you.
1: Mm.
0: And fruitation is called prison. And that's where they're satisfied because that's what they're trying to that's what they're trying to fill up. They got more interest in filling up prisons than they do schools. So School will mm. teach you about not to go to prison. Once you get to prison, mm-hmm. you it's too Yeah.
1: I don't know uh, if you know this, Charles, but a lot of times uh, the the data and the stats that are used, uh, they use when a kid, they look at the third grade. They build prisons in the state of Florida based on the performance of a third grader. If you fail the third grade, they feel that the chances, and this is stats, it's not what they feel. let Let me correct myself. These are stats. Third grade. It is absolutely true. It is absolutely true. But instead of building the prisons, based on what these kids how they uh, go forward or go backwards in the third grade. If they fail the third grade, stats shows that these kids are prone to go to jail or prison. I don't know it, it may sound crazy to you, but I say let's reverse that. You're talking about a third grader. You're already right. giving up on this, on this kid. This kid is just in the third grade. Let's not build prisons. Let's build programs, put things in place to deter or change this kid or to help this kid. Let's give them all the help that they can get. All this money building these bed spaces to fill these prisons and private prisons and making all this money. Let's put that money out there to help these kids to make a difference, to change them. And, Charles, I, I, I like the fact that you're in the community doing things, and it, it, it's just amazing to me how we can just throw these children away and not care about them. But we still say that they have a right to carry a weapon. Now, they rather they, they, it's okay for a kid to carry a weapon, but they can't vote. There'd have to be a right. certain age to vote.
0: <laughs> now look at this, Greg. And, and it takes it takes at least sixty five thousand dollars a year to house one prisoner. Spend sixty five thousand dollars a year on one kid in one year. You got a difference. You take half of that sixty five thousand dollars it takes to house a prisoner, and spend half of it on a kid. Half of it on a kid you got half left, and you got one less kid that's hated the prison. But prison is a money-making machine these days. These for-profit prisons are money-making machines. And the thing is, is they are going to keep filling them up because you have lobbyists who are pumping money into lawmakers who are passing these laws uh, that, are, that are against these kids. So as long as these kids are handcuffed by these laws, and then you you, you go to prison and you stay up three or four years, you get out in Florida. Your rights are not automatically restored, which is the biggest crock in the world. Hmm. If you said I did my debt to society, and I'm out, I should have a chance to start over in society. Okay, how can you start over if you're not putting me back to where I was? I was voting. Okay, before I made a mistake and went to prison, you know, the, you know, you got to give them back. You got to restore their full rights if you're gonna give them a second chance. If not, you, you're gonna they're prisoners once they get out. They just yeah. free prisoners.
1: We also have to throw in the mix too, uh, drugs. Drugs are at an all time high right now. You have the opiate. You have the the meth. You have all this, all these people, kids. Everybody's popping pills. Um, you know, it's just amazing how easy it is for people to go to the doctor and get a prescription for something. And, and I'm not saying the doctor's just writing prescriptions just to write them, but it's big business. It is what it is. It's a big business. And and I believe that these doctors, I don't think it may be, but I don't think that a lot of these doctors are writing these prescriptions just to write them. I think sometimes that uh, the ones that need them, I think those are the ones that should get them. And then you also have, too, with these mental illness. Charles, how many times have we seen a lot of these people that were killed by police officers that had something was wrong? Mentally, there was an issue. But if you don't give them the opportunity... It's just amazing how for people that look like you and I, when the police show up, they wind up dead. Right. And and if you switch that the other way That's not the case it, it, Let's it's put absolute... it like
0: this Let's put it like this The difference is when a black cop Show up as opposed to a white cop A black cop is going to get out the car In a black neighborhood That he's familiar with Looking for a solution The white cop is looking for the crisis Because he want to get in on it That's why they are not respected in the black community because when they show up, they are there to arrest or shoot somebody. I'm going to say shoot is a last resort, but sometimes shooting is the first resort. They don't Mm -hmm. know how to talk to these kids. They don't respect these kids. They think these kids should respect them because they are the authority. You got to give respect to get respect. You don't go in there being macho and expect these people to respect you. And and that's and that's a big problem. Most of them, mm. most of them are being cops because they they are afraid of these people. They go there with a hand on their gun. Mm. They are afraid of these people. You can't be a cop being afraid. If you're afraid you need another, you need another position somewhere else. Yeah.
1: This mental illness is real. It's real. Yeah. And it, it's just amazing how someone with the mental illness, everyone knows, and it comes out at the end after, after something has happened with this kid that did the shooting down in Parkland. It was a known fact that something was wrong. It was a known fact that this kid had gotten into trouble over and over and over, numerous times. How many times is enough? How many times is enough for someone to step in and say, you know, we see this we see this kid, but you know, we're gonna pass it off, we're gonna blow it off, we're gonna let him continue doing what he's doing. And then we find out there's a there was mental illness some issues with mental um illness with
0: this kid. And how, how, is, law, it,
1: how is it how is it it that everybody dropped the ball on this? How how is that possible?
0: Well and because of the law he was still able to possess firearms. The house he was living in with the with, with the uh, with I think they were his adopted parents. They right. knew about the firearms. They knew about his mental illness, but they thought he could handle it himself. Hmm. Now I'm quite sure they are hurt because of the 17 kids that were lost and the the countless kids that were injured. They got to live with that the rest of their lives. Yet he sits in a prison he sits in a jail cell awaiting a trial um an eighteen year old whose mind is wasted if someone would have paid attention to him two years before that happened, it probably could have been avoided
1: Most of the people that that do these types of shootings Charles they've been in trouble before it's not it's not new it was signs there were flags and i and i and I get it a lot of parents are people, they, they well, they're changed. They're going to change. They'll change. But when you have weapons in the mix, and when you have drugs in the mix, and I'm not saying this kid was on drugs, I don't know. But something was wrong. Flags were all, the red flags were all over the place. And we just dropped the ball on this one. And now right, these Ray, children. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: Go ahead, no, I was gonna say, you know when the gun laws are gonna change? When black kids to start shooting. Families. When black kids start shooting up schools, laws will change. Gun laws will change when black kids start shooting up schools. It's not a problem now. That's just like with crack cocaine in the '80s. With all these overd- all, all these these overdose deaths from crack cocaine, it was not a problem. But now it's opioids, but it's an epidemic now. It's the same thing with guns. When black people start using guns, things will change.
1: And that's sad. That's sad. That's all I can say. Reality. And that's real. And that's real. And I hope that never happens. I hope. I hope. I pray every day that nothing like this ever happens again. But guess what? It's going to happen.
0: It's
1: going it, to happen. It, it's, yeah, it's happening. It's happening on the jobs. It's happening at the schools. It's happening, I mean, people in shopping centers. It's just, I I, I don't understand why this is happening, but I, I hear what I hear. I talk with children. I talk with kids. I talk with guys in the jails and the prisons all the time. Drugs, mental illnesses is the number two things. that they, That's what they always tell me. And,
0: and, and that's what's got to And you got to get them help before you got to get them help when they're in prison. A prison is not rehabilitation, it's a lockup facility. They don't rehabilitate anybody. I mean, uh, if a guy gets sentenced to two years in prison uh, for something mentally that he can be helped on, he should be in some kind of treatment program for those two years that he's in there to make him a better person when he get out so he won't come back unless the factor is we need you to come back because we need those $65,000, $70,000 a year that's gonna, that we're going to get to keep you here. We need you to come back. See, they need prisoners, mm. but we've got to find a way to stop that pipeline. We've got to stop that pipeline.
1: Yes, if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and our guest tonight, is he's telling it like it is, is Charles Gatlin. And Charles, you know, now you know I couldn't go through the entire show without bringing up the Olympic gold medalist, Justin (laughs) Gatlin. I'm getting hit. Everybody's asking me, ask him about Justin Gatlin. We're talking serious talk. And I'm not saying Justin is not serious. Talk. They're worrying about Justin. They want to know what Justin is doing. What, where, where is Justin? When is he running again? Is he, is he going to retire? How, I can't, I can't read all the questions. How, how's Justin doing?
0: Justin's doing fine. I was with him last week down at uh, at the Florida Relays. He ran at the Florida Relays. Uh, he's going to run a full season this year. Season starts um, next month. Um, he's just as fast as he is this year as he was last year. Uh, he just runs smarter, but it's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting here. He say he's he's ready, um, and he's going to continue to give the people what they want.
1: Now let's let the listeners know who is Justin to you.
0: Uh, Justin is my cousin. Uh, me and his dad are first cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you. What... Uh, um, <laughs> Justin, there's a documentary on Justin, um, you probably can find it on Amazon. It a matter of fact, I know it is on Amazon. Um, it's about an hour and a half long. It's it's a great one. It's um, The Life and Times of Justin Gatlin. You, you will really enjoy it. It will tell you um, about his whole career, from high school, up through the drug scandals, up from coming back from the scandal to him capping it off with a World Championship
1: last year He's a a good example He's a good example for for a lot of our Children to follow and I talk about Justin all the time and It's just I I remember I met Justin he came down one time To one of our family's homecoming And I met him and he's he's a really nice Guy Uh, He's nothing like you now he doesn't act like you At all but uh, (laughs) He's Uh, a real quiet. All right. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I was able to ask the question that um, I'm getting hit with. Uh, I'm also getting hit with now too. They're talking about that you being a uh, a veteran. How do you feel about what's going on in the world with uh, Russia, and military, and and all of this stuff about Syria? There may be strikes and might not be strikes. And what, what's your take?
0: Um, I, that's only. I I feel like that's only a ploy by the president trying to get around the scandals that he's in right now. I don't think he's going to attack Syria uh, with the threat of Russia. Um, and, and, and as far as the president saying that we want to build the military up to be the, the biggest and strongest it's ever been, our military has always been the biggest, the baddest, and the strongest in the world. So he's just that's just a smokescreen from getting around the scandals that he's involved in, anything to get you off of him, he'll do it. I don't think there's going to be a war, but it, you know, if there is a war, it's only because he needed for re-election.
1: Hmm. I hope that I hope that doesn't happen. And Charles, you know, when when you we're we sitting our, our people out in harm's way with these wars and and things that are going on in, in the world. It, it affects so many families and children, and and it's just, you know, and, and my I, I give all the, the props in the world to those that serve and those that did serve. It's just, it's an amazing opportunity to defend the country. Uh, you're standing for what you believe and you're taking orders and you're doing what you're told. And I know, Charles, I, I just want you to touch on it when you were in the military, uh, was it anything like, it is now from what you're seeing In the media Is it anything with the stress And and the, the talks of, of wars And nuclear bombs And all of this stuff Did you hear that when you were in the military?
0: Well yeah You always hear stuff like that um, But you know The threat of war was never serious then um, I just think now It's just a political thing And the sad part about it is Those politicians up in Washington those who declare war uh sending people's loved ones to war they do not have a child in any branch of the military not even the salvation army that's going to a war so they're comfortable sending your child to a war but because theirs are not involved the president has two kids right now two adult sons who qualify for the draft <laughs> Let's draft them and see
1: where he go to war. Then mm. it's 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 amazing how uh, a lot of our young children are going into the military. It's 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 a, it's a wonderful thing. It's it's amazing. At, at, at the same time, you, you look at them and and you just you just have to pray that that doesn't happen. But wars will happen. They they've always happened. Um, I, I I think that there's a way that we could talk this thing out if we do that and with these egos uh, going all over the place and it's just, it's just sad, it's just sad right now. But I I, I think as Americans, we will rise up and I think the right thing uh, we'll, we'll do that. And we do stand. Now we don't always stand together, but when something right. happens, we, we, we do stand. And I want to ask you this because uh, Justin is an athlete. What, how do you feel when you see an athlete, kneel during the um during the national anthem. How how do you feel?
0: About an athlete kneeling? Well the thing is yeah. is the kneeling is not about the national anthem. Um that kneeling is to bring light to bigger issues. It, it, it's is is not about I mean the, you know the national anthem is not about the flag. Okay. I am a veteran. I'm a I'm a hundred percent disabled compensated veteran and I have no problem with what Kaepernick did or any other person who kneeled to bring light to what's going on in this country. Because I know it's not the flag. I defended that flag. Many others defended that flag who support, you know, his stance and, and what he did. So I have no problem with it. The only people who have a problem with it are those who've never been into the military. They have a problem with it. Some veterans have a problem with it but that's because they all think republican.
1: I've gone I've gone to several funerals of fallen troops or someone in the military and I paid close attention to the ones that they were there at the burial. You know what they did? They kneeled. Okay? It was a show of respect. And I'm trying to understand how did this get twisted with this kneeling when the athletes are telling you why they're standing and why I mean why they're kneeling, they're telling you the reason. But everyone else is saying that's not the reason, but they're telling you how can you say that's not the reason? And they're telling you it is the reason.
0: That's like somebody walking into your house telling you what's going on in your house and they never and they've never been in there. Now Kaepernick started uh, uh, by sitting on the bench during the national anthem, and there was a a uh, um, a navy spe- special forces veteran that told him he would bring more attention to his plight by kneeling as opposed to sitting, and that's when he started to kneel. Ooh. So it was a it was a military veteran who told him to kneel to bring attention to it, and that's what he did. Ooh. And see, when when you bring attention to things that people have a problem with, because the attention was all of the police shootings going on with the unarmed black people, that's what the attention was about. But we don't want to talk about that. If you were killing white people, if they were killing white people, they wouldn't have to kneel. Something would be done already.
1: And it seems like right now, too, with some of the athletes that did kneel, it seems like there's retaliation, and some of them are not receiving contracts and, and and some of them are retiring because teams won't won't touch them they they don't want to deal with them and it's 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 really sad that that they have to deal with that and it's it is just, it's just
0: they're letting um it's they're letting the fans run the show. Football is about entertainment, you know, and and people are saying, well, you don't kneel on your job. No, but you get a cup of coffee before you go to work. That ain't part of your job. (laughs) So, you know, you can't tell one person want to kneel, one person want to drink coffee. So be it. It's still on the job.
1: Charles, we have about 40 seconds. uh, Do you have any last-second things that you want everybody to know or hear from you about speaking your, 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 mind and, and, and the media from your perspective. Do you, do you have any, now we have about 30 seconds. Do you have any last words?
0: No, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I'm I'm glad you, uh, you called me. Um, I like me I mean I, I enjoy talking about subjects like this. I'll talk anytime. Uh, I hope the audience have enjoyed um, what they've heard. They have any questions. Um, you know how to find me I'm here, I'm, I'm open for anybody Um, But I, I, had, I had a great time I hope you invite me back again
1: Yes sir, and thank you And thank you listeners for listening to us God bless and good night